0: Loser! Hello, and welcome to episode two of the Fail Mary podcast with me, Marcus Kenmer. The first week of preseason fixtures are out of the way, and teams are starting to take shape as we inch towards three weeks until the start of the first NFL fixtures. So, last week I looked at the things that were required in order for a team to be competitive and get towards a Super Bowl. This week I want to look at the teams' chance of making it into the playoff places. There are 12 playoff places available to the 32 teams in the NFL. And each team starts the season with a equal chance of getting there. However, the reality is that some teams are just better prepared heading into the season than others are. So I've had a look at all 32 teams in the NFL this year, and I think I can break it down into four categories of teams in terms of their playoff hopes. Eight in each category. The first category is won't make it to the playoffs. Second is could make it to the playoffs. Third is should make it to the playoffs. And the fourth is will make it to the playoffs. I think it's interesting with this is that I'm reasonably sure on the the teams that won't make it and the teams that definitely will make it. However, there's a, a group of about 16 teams where I think all of them have a have a chance if things were to go right for them this season. So what separates them is the teams that should make it to the playoffs are teams where... Uh, there's just one thing they need to get fixed heading into the season. And if they manage to do that, then they will be competitive in making it into the playoffs and will be keep competing probably with each other. Then the other eight are teams where they've got a few things that they need to sort out. But if they do manage to get all of those sorted out, then again, they'll be competitive and have a chance of competing in that first group. So I'll start with the teams that won't make it to the playoffs, in my opinion. Lions, Jaguars, Redskins, Dolphins, Bengals, Raiders, Giants and Buccaneers. The recurring theme in this group is that either they're in a very, very difficult division such as the Buccaneers or the Bengals or the Lions who've all got uh, groups where they're probably the fourth strongest team and will come up against a lot of really difficult opposition this year. Or there are teams with rookie QBs like the Redskins and the Giants or they're teams with new head coaches like the Bucks. or they're just a bit of a mess like the Raiders. So a quick word on each of them. Uh, see the Lions are in a difficult division because they have the Packers, the Vikings and the Bears all in their division, who I believe are all going to take a step forward this year. And uh, the head coach is Matt Patricia, who's only in his second full year of coaching. So he's still got a lot to learn experience wise. They have a good QB, Matt Stafford I like, but I think they haven't yet got the pieces around Matt Stafford on both sides of the ball, especially offense to be competitive within their division. I think they'll probably finish fourth in there and not advance. The Jags, poor Nick Foles. He's going to find out what it's like to play in a system where it's not quite as well organised as it was at Philadelphia. His new coach is Doug Marrone. Jacksonville have already been shut out completely in week one of the preseason. Not that I want to attribute the preseason to too much, but if you can't score any points in preseason, it's probably because your system doesn't work. And again, they're in a very difficult position. They've got to face the Texans, the Colts, and the Titans twice this year. And I think even with that very very strong Jags defence that they have, I think they're going to find it very very difficult to come anywhere apart from fourth in that division. The Redskins, I like Dwayne Haskins. I have watched a lot of his college footage, but it is his first year and he still makes a lot of rookie mistakes, which is forgivable because he's a rookie. But again, in a division with the Cowboys and the Eagles, two of the most stacked rosters in the NFL, I think it's a division where you can't really afford to be making mistakes. Now he has got some learning to do behind Case Keenum, who will probably start in week one, but I think eventually they're going to throw Dwayne out there. And again, strong defense like the Jags, not quite as strong as the Jags, but definitely competent and I think they have the chance to upset a few teams especially if Dwayne Haskins turned out to be very explosive downfield but I think eventually they'll end up third or fourth in their division probably third because they're in a division with the Giants who I think are probably a bit worse. Dolphins. See, there's a lot of excitement to had in the uh, Dolphins system. They've got Josh Rosen, who was at Arizona last year, but you can pretty much discount that year because he spent 90% of the time on his back with that terrible line. But uh, I think the main problem with the Dolphins is that they're pretty much in a complete rebuild. The head coach, Brian Flores, is new and is a defensive coach and has shown some competencies in his other places. But this is his first year as a full head coach. He's worked as a linebackers and a safeties coach for the New England Patriots, so he has worked on Super Bowl winning teams. But I think Miami just don't have enough to put around Rosen in order for him to be competitive as a group the Bengals again in another very very tough division they're going to face the Steelers the Browns and the Ravens twice this year Andy Dalton's probably not actually the worst QB in that division in terms of passing but he has got a very weak team around him AJ Green and Joe Mixon are his only targets his O-lines not particularly anything special and his defense was 30th last year in points so going to be a difficult year for them as well The Raiders are probably one of the more entertaining groups to watch. Derek Carr I think is a very good quarterback and if you put him with a a better group of players then he would probably be Super Bowl caliber in the same way that uh, Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan are and people are obviously very excited that he's going to be throwing to Antonio Brown but I think all you've got to do is double cover Antonio Brown and there's not much else that the Oakland Raiders can do well. Again, not a very strong defense, haven't had a particularly dominant run game in recent years either so that's going to be a problem for them. The Giants. I genuinely believe that Saquon Barkley is probably the most athletic player in the NFL. He's this unbelievable combination of power, but also ridiculous agility to the point where he could probably be a successful wide receiver and a successful linebacker slash safety. So just purely based on his athletic ability, I think he's one of the most dynamic players in the NFL. Unfortunately, he's got a rookie QB in uh, Daniel Jones who showed some competencies last week in his first playoff game. But again, it's playoffs. And when he comes up against stronger teams, he's going to struggle. Uh, Pat Shermer as a head coach is sort of average at best and I don't, doesn't inspire much confidence. And defense, although the defense side of the ball is quite good, I don't think that there'll be enough to carry the offense as some defensive groups have been in recent years. And finally, the Bucks. This is probably James Winston's last chance. He's got a new head coach, Bruce Arians, who's been a fan of James Winston. And he's been prone to such silly mistakes that... Uh, rookies are forgiven for but by the time you're in your later years as Jameis is they're no longer forgivable and I think if this season doesn't go well for him just as a quarterback this is probably his last year and that's putting aside the fact that the defense has lost a few key players and again is pretty much in rebuild at this stage Mike Evans however is probably a top five wide receiver in the NFL feel sorry for these people who get stuck with these weaker teams because their chances of Super Bowls at the moment are looking very slim. So that is my bottom group, that's people who I think won't even advance the playoffs for one reason or another, whether it's due to their difficult divisions, their rookie QBs, their poor organisations or their lack of talent. My second group, teams that could potentially be competing in the playoffs if a few things go right for them. In this group we see the Bills, the Falcons, the Ravens, the Panthers, the Cardinals, the Titans, the Jets and the Broncos. The consistency through this group is that most of the teams, barring a few, have very strong defensive groups but uh, offensively they lack either the quarterback or the coaching necessary to capitalise on that well organised defence. First of all we'll look at the Bills, a very well coached organisation. Sean McDermott is the head coach there and he's done a very good job of getting a reasonably strong group of players together, especially on the defensive side of the ball, which was second in yards last year. Unfortunately, their offense last year was run by a rookie quarterback, Josh Allen, who had a very low completion percentage, 57% accuracy and 36 attempts a game, which is uh, sort of below what you'd need from an NFL quarterback at this level. Most of them attempt to be up around the 60 percentage mark. It is actually getting higher as well. Drew B's last year was 74% accuracy. What Buffalo need to improve is obviously Josh Allen, but also defensively, they were second in yards per game, but 18th in points conceded per game. Uh, that's usually indicative of a team whose front seven can't really make stops in the run game. So they can limit the big passing yards that teams put up, which Buffalo's secondary can, but find that in the run game, in short yardage situations where their team's offense puts them in poor situations, they struggle to stop teams putting up big points on them so buffalo need to improve those two things josh allen's accuracy as a quarterback and their front seven defensively which they have done hopefully with their drafting but we shall see second the falcons Lots of stuff like here. I really like Matt Ryan. He's a very good, consistent quarterback. He broke Peyton Manning's record for most yards passing in the first 11 seasons of their career, which is quite niche, I like grant you, but still impressive and should be considered. Again, well coached by Dan Crin, the offensive mind, and they have an amazing wide receiver core. Uh, with Taylor Gabriel, Mohamed Sanu, Julio Jones of course, and Austin Hooper at tight end. So there's lots like there. However, the problem I have with this group is that the injuries they had last season, I'm sort of feel are unsalvageable they lost a lot on both defensive and offensive side of the ball so their defense went from being a reasonably successful on the season before to being almost completely useless and pretty much a second string defense and their offensive line as well struggled which means they couldn't run the ball so they need to sort out injuries both on their defense and offense and you would suspect that time would help with that but actually some people just tend to not come back from injuries especially like ACL tears or never come back quite as explosive as they were so That's going to be a problem they have to overcome on both sides of the ball if they can deal with their defensive organization and their offensive line to recreate the run game that they had when they went to the Super Bowl a few years ago then I think they could go back to being a dominant team however that's uh two reasonably th- big things that are quite difficult to overcome and we'll see how successfully they've done that in their first game i suspect next up is the ravens really really like their coaching with john harbour he's who's historically a successful coach and puts together very very strong defenses and they re- really really leaning into the run game this year they put up They were second in rushing yards put up last year. My problem with this team is that they are leaning very, very heavily into this run game, including their QB, Lamar Jackson. And actually, I think when they are eventually forced to pass, as all teams do, I suspect that their passing game will just be so limited from Greg Roman, who is a good offensive coordinator, but not an elite one, that Lamar Jackson isn't a good enough quarterback to make it work. They have a chance of being competitive and getting to the playoffs, but actually in their division, when they're coming up against two teams that are very very stout defensively they could find that their run game shuts down earlier than they think it will and that will lead to them having a bit of a a late season fold the panthers very very good running game competent coaching at the very least don rivera and norv turner is a very good offensive coordinator and cam played all of last season with a shoulder injury so we should see cam coming back and being slightly more successful we have to remember that Cam Newton was once an NFL MVP, and not that long ago. But Carolina and Inthring—one, They're the only team I've got this written down for. They are incredibly inconsistent, both offensively and defensively. I'm not entirely sure what causes this. Uh, Sort of more meta pundits would point towards cam being the leader of the team and being a slightly hot and cold player but i think i don't think you can put it all on cam especially as he played through injury last year i think people within the organization would probably find him a motivational person not a limiting person within the team but when they do fold they fold quite significantly and there was a, there was a game last year against pittsburgh where they lost by a, around 30 points so they can really shut down on both sides of the ball and get these huge losses handed to them and that is uh, something you can't really afford to do in the NFL. You need to be consistent across all 16 games. Next up, the Cardinals. These snuck into this group. I was very, very close to putting these in the woke compete, but just purely because Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury are such an unknown duo with such a high ceiling, I think at least with the first half of the season, this could be a very, very interesting team to watch. It's going to be something probably we've never seen before. Uh, Kyler Murray's quite unlike most things we've seen before some people compare him to russell wilson but i think actually he's smaller and probably faster than that and again a competent defense gave up a lot of points last season because they spent so much time on the field but i think once they've got an offense that actually works and give them some motivation as well as the injuries they lost last year then we should see some improvements from them as well what i don't like about this team this year is that they are probably in the worst division in the NFC. Uh they are against the Seahawks, the Rams and the 49ers, all of whom I think are going to take steps forward this year. So that means it's at least six games a year where they're going to be really really challenged and that puts them at a disadvantage immediately. Also their O-line last year was just awful. Um they lost David Johnson early in the season and he's their sort of star running back. He'll come back, but reality is that if you don't have a competent O-line that can at least hold a block, then you aren't going to be running anywhere. So they're gonna to have to hope that they've solved that o-line problem and that cliff kingsbury and kyla murray works however if those things do work conditionally then i think they've got a very high ceiling titans uh the titans again a very very well coached organization the head coach over there mike Vrabel, is a very very good defensive mind and actually the the titans defense is very very impressive indeed and they uh, they run the football incredibly well as a group Similarly to the Ravens and the Bills, my worries with the Titans are, first of all, that Taylor Lewan is, so far, still out for the first four games. He's their uh, all-pro offensive lineman, and he really he's a real tone-setter in how they run the ball and his aggression. He's out for four games for performance-enhancing substances, so they're going to really miss him, both in the run game and in Marcus Mariota's protection. And Marcus Mariota is my second concern. He is at best and average quarterback. He works well within the system, but it has been known to sort of just shut down and they are quite often a low-scoring team when teams are able to stop the run game that they put up. So, I think it's going to take a very good offensive mind to make sure that they can get a high ceiling out of Marcus Mariota and I just I don't see that happening this season under Arthur Smith, who's sort of reasonably new to the offensive coordinating scene. The Jets. This is another team I think that have a very high ceiling. Adam Gase has been a record-setting offensive coordinator and he's now the head coach at New York with Sam Darnold, the second-year quarterback, and a very, very strong defence once again. Uh, my concerns here, first of all, the O-line last year wasn't particularly spectacular. Uh, they have done made steps to improve that and brought in Le'Veon Bell as a, a running back to really improve their run game as well. My concerns are Sam Darnold and Adam Gaze, their chemistry in their first year together And how that will work together because Adam Gaze is used to working with these elite quarterbacks like Peyton Manning and uh, Sam Darnold won't have quite that same ability yet. He's only 22 years of age. Also, the pieces around him in terms of receiving are promising, but not not any real depth in proven talent there just yet. So I think the problem is going to be for them first year of clicking and whether their defence can keep them in games long enough for Darnold and Gaze to get the offence rolling from week to week. I think we'll probably see them improve over the course of the season as they get more used to the system and each other, but the problem may be coming out of the gates in the very first few weeks. We shall have to see how it goes. And finally, the Denver Broncos. I think probably one of the strongest defences across the board in the NFL, definitely a top five defence, and they've now got as head coach Vic Fangio, who was the Chicago Bears defensive coordinator last year, they also have a very uh, very strong run game last year that turned Philip Lindsay, an undrafted free agent, into a pro bowl running back. My concerns with Denver are their quarterback situation. They've got Joe Flacco, who is a Super Bowl winner, but quite a long time ago now, and I think he's probably passed it. And Drew Locke, who is first year, I think will probably take over the starting role eventually. My concern is that he's still very young and fresh. And in this sort of offense without any standout wide receivers who will get themselves open, he's got to try and throw people open, which will be a difficulty for him in his first year if he does start. He does have Rich Scangronello to help him, who's an offensive coordinator who's been around. Kyle Shanahan at the San Francisco 49ers. But again, it's his first year as a full offensive coordinator. So there's lots of questions in the quarterback situation and the offense in general. If they can get any form of uh, offensive passing game rolling, then they could actually be a very dynamic team to play because their defense is going to force a lot of turns turnovers just from their rush and their strong secondary and it will put whoever's in charge of the ball in a very good position it's just that the two QB options at this moment aren't ideal so those are my eight teams I think could make the playoffs if a few things go right for them there's a recurring theme there in that there is one two three four five teams that have these very capable defensive groups and I think will probably be let down offensively and just can't score enough points on the offensive side of the board in order for their group to be successful as a whole. Now onto teams that I think should be competing in the playoffs this season. They're, these are teams where there is only one burning question I have about them and if that's something they can answer and have answered this off season, then I think they will be in with a chance of competing for the last four spaces in the playoffs. Browns, Texans, Bears, Packers, Saints, Cowboys, Vikings, Seahawks. So we'll start with the Seahawks. My question for them is, can the defence hold? The Seahawks and Pete Carroll have pretty much mastered the whole run the ball, keep possession, and then give it to your star quarterback when you absolutely need to situation. Russell Wilson is definitely an elite quarterback. and They ran the ball the most out of any team in terms of yards without a star running back last season. The question is that when their defence are forced onto the field, which they inevitably will be, can they make enough stops? The Seahawks paid Bobby Wagner, their middle linebacker, a lot of money this off-season and he will be there next year leading a very young and slightly unknown group of defensive players. If his leadership and Pete Carroll's coaching is effective enough, then there is a chance that the defence will elevate to a point where their run heavy offence puts the Seahawks in a position to be competing in the playoffs at the end of the season however if the defense proves to be anything less than strong then i think they're really going to struggle just with the run game to compete in these games with these big shootout teams number two is the vikings can they sort out their o-line i don't have a problem with kirk cousins i really i think kirk cousins is a strong system quarterback and the vikings defense is probably a top three in the nfl there isn't really a position where they're weak so the problem is last year they could hardly move the ball and lost a number of key games because they couldn't run the ball and the O-line frequently gave up very, very quick sacks on Kirk Cousins before he could get the balls out to his wide receivers. If they can address that, then they will be one of the strongest all-round groups because their wide receiver core, including their tight ends, is very competent. But that has been a, a glaring problem for them. They have made moves to fix it in the offseason, but it remains to be seen if that will be effective during the regular season. Next up is the Cowboys and my question for this is quite simple. Can Jason Garrett make it work again? Jason Garrett is an interesting head coach. He is offensively minded but his offensive mindedness tends to come from ever having a very very strong run game and taking the pressure off Dak Prescott which I think is the right thing to do but also surrounding him with enough effective players that Dak's limitations as a quarterback are hidden by the rest of the offense. So far it looks like he will be able to do that again he's got jason Witten, his star tight end back although whether he'll be effective remains to be seen Ezekiel elliott is still holding out on a contract as is dak prescott as is amari cooper i think dallas are probably in win now mode because their defense is young and again a top three defense in the nfl if they can get those three stars paid now even if it's on short contracts before they have to pay any of the defensive stars then they're going to be a very very stacked roster but with very very little cap space so it remains to be seen if they'll be able to finance all three of those star players on their offense for a new contracts so If they can, then they've got a very, very good O-line, a very, very strong defensive line, great linebackers, a good secondary and a good receiving core. So it will be interesting to see if Jason Garrett can make that all work both on and off the field. Next up is the Saints. This is another interesting one. My question is simply, can anyone recover from two broken hearts? The Saints have been to the playoffs for the last two years in quite a tricky division. That's quite impressive already. And both times that they've been to the playoffs in the last two years, they've lost to these sort of freakish plays. The first one was the uh, Minnesota Miracle, where their safety, Marcus Williams, just completely missed a tackle that let Stefan Diggs run in for a touchdown. And the one last year was a terrible blown call against the LA Rams. Obviously, one moment in a match can't be entirely blamed for the entire result of the fixture, but I think it would be very difficult for fans and players alike to rally once again. They aren't getting any younger. They've had to move a few pieces. Unger's gone. He was their centre. That's That's been with Drew Brees for the last few years, as is Mark Ingram, their dive running back, who is a very effective um, sort of short yardage, uh, hard-nosed running back that complemented Alvin Kamara really, really well. So it'll be interesting to see if the Saints can bounce back once again. Uh, again, Drew Brees is especially not getting older. He turns 40 this year. So it's going to be a tricky season for the Saints. And again, if it's not happening, if it doesn't happen this season, then it might not ever happen. Next up is the Packers. My question for this one is, will Rogers and Matt LaFleur work? Matt LaFleur is a very young and potentially very talented offensive head coach. He's part of the Sean McVay coaching tree, so he's got a lot of experience in these impressive schemes that Sean McVay has been known to draw up. I also think it will be effective in taking some pressure off Aaron Rodgers because Sean McVay's offense is actually quite run heavy and relies a lot on its running backs, which should allow for Aaron Rodgers to have to do slightly less of the work than he used to have to do under previous coach Mike McCarthy. The problem is that although Aaron Rodgers is an elite talent, over the last few years he has developed a reputation of being very, very arrogant and only being four years younger than Matt Lafleur himself, there is a possibility that he reverts to how he used to behave in Mike McCarthy's system where he doesn't like the play call so he'll just throw the ball away. I doubt this will happen because I think just to prove a point, Rodgers will make Matt Lafleur's system work for a year to prove that it was Mike McCarthy's fault that he wasn't successful in the first place. But there is a chance that he reverts to old habits and him and Matt Lafleur don't get on well at all. And if that happens, then I think Green Bay's young but quite talented defense won't be enough to make it work. Next up is the Bears. And my question for the Bears is Can Mitch Trubisky do it without Vic Fangio? The Bears are an interesting organisation in that they are run by Matt Nagy, who is very much an offensive coordinator, but last year they were known substantially more for their very, very effective defence, which was run by Vic Fangio. Um, what this sort of allowed was a very strong defence, allowed Mitch Trubisky to simply work within. Uh, Matt Nagy's system and just make the bare minimum plays necessary. I actually think Trubisky has a higher ceiling than some people give him credit for. Some of the film I've watched in him indicates that when he simply doesn't have time to overthink throws, he actually tends to be more effective, which again is a bit strange. But in Matt Nagy's system, which requires an intelligent quarterback to run it effectively, I think it'll be interesting to see whether he can continue doing this and if he still needs to lean on the defence, which no longer has the play caller, and the coordinator that made it so effective last year. Chances are Chuck Pagano comes in and makes it still a very, very strong defence, but whether they're as dominant as they were last year will remain to be seen, and if Trubisky can do it without a defence that is that dominant, again, will be very, very interesting. Next up, the Texans, and the Texans have the exact same problem as the Vikings. Can they sort out their O line? Texans' defence isn't quite as good as the Vikings' was, but their offence is probably more effective, especially Deshaun Watson, who is a very young and talented quarterback, slightly more mobile than Kirk Cousins, which has allowed him to negate some of the problems that they had on O-line just by avoiding tackles and sacks. And they managed to run the ball effectively last year, considering how weak their O-line is as well. However, in the past game, even with an elite wide receiver such as DeAndre Hopkins, the Texans are struggling to get it done purely because of how weak their O-line is. And I think if Deshaun Watson doesn't get the protection he needs this year in the passing game, then the Texans are really going to struggle to make use of their effective offensive pieces, such as Hopkins, and they're going to lean very, very heavily on their defence once again. And finally, in this category, we have the Browns. And my question for the Browns is, can the coaching staff control the squad? So Freddie Kitchens is the head coach of this very talented offensive group they've put together this year with all these stars in it. And he is an offensively-minded coordinator but I can foresee the problem for the Browns being this year that they'll come up against an incredibly well-organised team like the Steelers or the Titans, whose game plan will be simply to keep Cleveland's offence off the field for long enough that they can take advantage of the holes in their defence, which do exist, especially, I think, in the uh, in the interior parts of their defensive line and the middle linebacking core. Kitchens, in his first year as a full head coach, has to find a way to make an all-star offence function whilst also ensuring that they have a defence that is working competently as well. And that's a, a very big ask for a first-year head coach. And finally, my top eight teams. I firmly believe that all of these eight teams will be making the playoffs this year. I've put a fiver on all of them, um, which is maybe a bit preemptive, but I've done it anyway. These are the teams, 49ers, Steelers, Chargers, Chiefs, Rams, Colts, Patriots, Eagles. Uh, 49ers had a losing record last year, but that was without Jimmy Garoppolo, their quarterback, who I think is going to prove himself to be probably of an elite level by the end of this year. They've also gave them opportunity to improve on defence. They've signed two great pass rushes in Nick Boster and D. Ford. Uh, the Steelers, I think we're going to see people step up into the role that AB lost. Juju Smith-Schuster It's already a good playmaker. Vance McDonald will become more prominent at tight end, so I don't have a way there. The Chargers, Melvin Gordon is still holding out on a contract, but even without him, I think they will be fine in the backfield. They've got a few people, and there are still some running backs available. Jai, for example, hasn't been picked up by anyone yet, so he could be a, a viable alternative. They're also absolutely stacked on defence as well. Chargers are probably the most complete team, I'd say, in terms of youth and strength. The Chiefs had a bit of trouble with defence last year, but have done a lot to improve that. Their offence, which hasn't had to pay Tyreek Hill lots of money, is still going to be very, very functional. And Patrick Mahomes, coming off his MVP season, is going to look just as good, I imagine. The Rams, Sean McVay and Jared Goff have got their weapons back. Even if Todd Gurley isn't as effective as he was last year, which I think he won't be, I think he'll probably take a step back due to his his injury and the arthritis in his knees, I still think the Rams will be a very, very effective outfit this year and their defence hasn't got any worse. Aaron Donald was voted amongst the players as the best player in the NFL last season. The Colts, a very, very young team led by a very, very good quarterback and Andrew Luck. Their defence proved to be very, very strong last year and they've had chances to improve on that. They made the playoffs for the first time and I think they'll go there again this season. The Patriots, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are the ultimate coaching quarterback partnership. Very, very difficult to defend against the Patriots week to week purely because their scheming is so good. And again, they have the weakest division in the NFL. So even if they don't perform as well as we know they can do, they'll still top the division and make it into the playoffs that way. Finally, the Eagles. I think the Eagles probably have the most complete roster in terms of talent. There isn't really a positional group on these guys where I don't rate them. Their only concern is keeping Carson Wentz healthy, but if he is healthy, then he'll probably be a top 10, maybe even a top five quarterback this year. They've given him some really nice weapons. He's got two great tight ends. Deshaun Jackson, a very, very good deep threat. Alshon Jeffrey, a very good root runner, and then their defensive line, offensive line, and their defensive secondary as well, led by Malcolm Jenkins, is a very, very competent group. So that is it, that is all the Two teams in their four groups, won't make the playoffs, could make the playoffs, should make the playoffs and will make the playoffs. Next week, I will look at what's happening in the preseason a little bit more, as well as talking about a few of the divisional rivalries I think are the most interesting and what to keep an eye out for this season. Thanks very much for listening. I will see you next week.